You're listening to Chew on That. And here's what we're chewing on today. Prayer isn't an opportunity for you to drop off your wish list, your laundry list, or your to-do list to God. It's not about God changing his perspective. It's about you changing yours. It's not about getting God to focus on you. It's about getting you to focus on God. It's not my will, but thy will. It is meant to be God, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so today, I want to talk to you about praying what we would call a kingdom come prayer. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. Hey, this week we're discussing uh, uh, week number three of the uh, Teach Us to Pray series. Uh, we have guests. <laughs> we- People. <laughs> so, all right, we're going to put some pieces together here. Yeah. So I asked Pastor Becky, um, she's our Journey to Wholeness pastor here at Life Church. I asked her a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, do you want to be a guest? And she said, no. Well, she, she didn't say outright. She didn't say no, but she said, I don't know if I can do that. And then so I, I talked to Pastor Dallas about it. I'm like, I really wanted a guest this week. And then Dallas goes, we should ask Brian. And that was last week, Brian Walters. Um, yeah, so I, I came in here uh Apparently, doing my best Keith impression because I have I'm dressed oh, on the man in, I'm black. the man in black, black today, mm-hmm. yeah. and I've, if I'm filling in for Dallas, I feel like I should have like checkerboarded shoes and like <laughs> yep. something orange yep. on, and like you can I, wear you can wear whatever color you want as long as it's black. I blew it. <laughs> so Brian was here last week, and um, I really enjoyed the, the the show. At the end of the recording, I go, "Well, well, Pastor Dallas isn't going to be here next week because he him and him and Pastor Shelby are at uh, are at Disney with their children." Um, Lucky. So, so me and Megan go, do you just want to come back next week, Brian? <laughs> and Brian was like, yeah, sure. yeah, I'll come back next week. And so we're sitting here and we're about to press record. And then pastor Becky comes up to the door and she looks and, <laughs> and we're like, we're not recording. Do you have a question? And she goes, I thought I was a guest this week. <laughs> and I'm like, truthfully, I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember that, but do you want to sit down anyway? Pull up a chair. <laughs> so she was like, Okay. I don't remember, but I remember the whole backstory and why I thought you said no. <laughs> well, well, when I offered it a couple of weeks ago, I said, well, you're going to be playing the role of Dallas while he's gone. So you have to act like Dallas. Yeah, I did say no to acting the role of Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are really big shoes to <laughs> those fill. Are big let's shoes. be honest. Yeah. yeah. And then, Literally and figuratively. And then, yeah. and then Brian opens with, well, I thought I was being Dallas today. <laughs> so someone's being Pastor Dallas. I have two people that could potentially do that. Megan's going to play the I'm role just, of herself. I'm going to be me. And I will continue to just be the host. Okay. So <laughs> with that, uh, we're in week three, Teach Us to Pray, uh, the soundbite in the beginning. Um, uh, it really stuck out to me because it was like, a, this is, um, prayer isn't necessarily for a, like a like a checkoff, like a, here, God, listen, this is what I want. This is what I want. You got to do this. This is what I want. Um, it's It's more for us to just get to know him more. Um, it's, it's also been something like as, as I pastor, as I pastor men at the church here, uh, I go to a, a fair amount of one-on-ones coffee, coffee dates. Um, and that's like, it feels like this is a season right now that the guys that I'm, that I'm getting to sit down with and listen to their story is it's just, it's like a season that is, is happening with our men. So I, I wonder if is the season that's also happening with our women here at, at Life Church. I think that's an ongoing season. I think women are really good at sitting down and communicating. But I will say that in our journey to wholeness groups where um, 
when typically we would come in and there's a little bit of hesitation as you look at a room of strangers and ask yourself, am I really going to share my intimate details so that I can see some change? Am I going to be completely transparent? Um, there was a, a hesitation the first or second week. Now they're just coming in ready and rearing and just eager to go um, hearts wide open, um, looking for for something different, yeah, for I, something new. That's so good. I'm experiencing that too in my relationships. I feel like I've been approached several different times with people just ready to lay their hearts out. Like we're raw right mm-hmm. now. I mean, there is so much. And um, that rawness is what just brings us to the feet of Jesus. So it's it's been so good. And I, um, I've really been enjoying that and those conversations because it makes you realize some of those other conversations you used to have in the past, mm-hmm. right? Man, do those feel surface now? Because, yeah. like, look how far we've come with each other. So, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, and and when I bring it back to the intro clip, the uh, the there are a lot of questions on how come I'm not feeling anything when I pray? Mm-hmm. How come he's not answering me right away? And and that's it's just it's 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 neat to look at it from a from a, a, a wide shot perspective. Like that is like on the hearts of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like especially in this season for whatever reason is that people, and maybe it's just because of the series we're in here, the, 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 I would love to believe that it's because our, our men are absorbing the message hearing it and then thinking about it throughout the week. Like, well, well, how come, how come I'm not feeling anything? Like, mm. I'm just feel like I'm talking, mm. you know? So when, when pastor said that this week, that's what stuck with me. Um, the soundbite is always, is always that like minute before he says the actual title of the sermon. So, you know, we get what we get in that regard. I'm not, I can't reinvent how that intro is, is done. Um, but that he, this week it was, uh, prayer isn't, isn't like, like vomiting to God mm-hmm. about your wants and needs. Yeah. It, prayer is, uh, a, a, a lifelong lesson in getting closer with God, desiring God, the heart for God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, myself, I, I get, I get filled up. You know, some of my prayers are just one or two words. That's it. And sometimes they're just desperate cries for help. And sometimes my prayers are are literally just me saying, help me, help, help. Mm -hmm. We're we're so used to getting an immediate response with everything that sometimes we don't realize that sometimes no response is a response. And that, you know, God's responses to prayer are yes, not right now, Mm -hmm. or I've got something better for you. Yeah. And when you're not hearing something back, it's time to like ponder and contemplate, okay, what is, what is happening right now? And what does that answer truly mean? What should I be seeking out? Because you should be seeking. It's not just a, this is not a, you know, take, take, take relationship with prayer. Prayer is a relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're, you know, praying and, and asking out, it's, you don't get something back right away. Well, let's think about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And we're we're going to go right into the first clip on that. Jabez was living this every day. He was living with a label, the label of pain. We've all been forced to live with labels, haven't we? Fat, skinny, stupid, nerd, lazy, worthless, funny, jock, airhead. We've all lived with labels, but labels they create limits. They produce pain. Hmm. We've all lived with pain, haven't we? Your parents didn't treat you right. Your father 
he walked out, your marriage, it, it fell apart. Your kids, they're not talking to you anymore. You got a bad report from the doctor. Your business went under. You lost the house, the car, your dream, pain. We've all been forced to live with pain. But to get the most out of this message, to get the most out of this prayer, you have got to look through your pain. In this passage, Jabez, or pain, cried out in prayer. And we need our pain to cry out in, in prayer. We need our pain to cry out this prayer. When your marriage is falling apart, you're, you need that relationship to cry out. This prayer, when your finances are falling apart, when, when the nation that you came from is under a barrage, you need to cry out this prayer. But the problem is that typically when you're in pain, this isn't your prayer. Yeah, so we are picking up in the message where Pastor is talking about Jabez, which he said the, the origin of the name mm-hmm. is it actually is translates to the word pain. So Jabez has been cursed or blessed with this title uh, his entire life. That, I mean, can you imagine just your name's pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe today that might be cool. Right? Like, yeah, my, name's, my name's pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like that. But, but, what his name is, it was defined as either the birthing process was painful or his life will be painful. Like when they named uh, children back then, it was either their current circumstance, your name got a, uh, a current circumstance of the family or it got a prophetic circumstance of the family. So uh, we, we pick it up in the sermon where uh, Jabez is praying to God and pastors, the next few clips will be about that. But to give you some context, it's this person has been, yeah, I know my lot in life is pain, but I'm going to pray to you, God, anyway. So that's where we are. Yeah. And go. Yeah. Um, and I think we, it's sometimes it's a misnomer that pain has to be some like catastrophic event. Like it has to be something enormous to, to cause us pain. And a lot of times pain is just pruning and we could have everything going right in our life. And you know, it's just like a snip here, like, Oh, relationship issue with a friend mm-hmm. or, or, you know, uh, maybe it's a temper issue or what, whatever it is. And it's just, it's a pruning, it's snipping to allow new growth. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like this huge catastrophic thing. That's like totally wrecking your life. It can just be little bitty. Like it's like pain by a thousand, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, pricks, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what I thought. Like, man, there are things that cause me pain that aren't like huge, but they still like you'll hurt your heart. Like, oh man, I I didn't use the right tone with my kid this morning, and now he went to school, and I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Like that causes me pain. Yeah. yeah, but that's not something that you think of as you know. We always think we always jump to these like huge things, like even in sin, like sin. Oh, it's got to be adultery. It's got to be drugs. It's got to be. And we don't even think like it's sloth, like being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's wow. not a big thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's not a glamorous sin, yeah. you know, and it's one that we can easily brush under the, under the carpet. Right. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the culmination of the, those tiny little pricks, right, that we bear and endure and, and then we feel like, and then suddenly I fell apart and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been taking an accounting of all the culmination of the, have I sat down to actually address the impact that had on me? Uh, have I actually looked at what that's asking me to look at in my life and what where I need to make a change or a course correction or where I can be better and step up to that? Um, I, I was looking at the verse where it talks about Jabez being named pain. And he he says that he's like, God, help me um, so that I may not cause pain. <laughs> and I think in the pain moments, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the responsibility I hold here to go to God with that and confession um, and just lay, lay it bare and ask him to show us, right? Um, God, uh, there's a scripture, uh, search me, oh God, right? That I think we need to ask every day if we're not going to break under the weight of the culmination of those tiny pricks, of those tiny or those little tea traumas that we talk about that can build up and take us to a place if we're not diligent mm-hmm. um, to be prayerful daily so that we're ready for those moments um, in which we are challenged Um and we're not still carrying the weight of all those little things with us that we've worked through them so that they can become those growth moments, those foundational growth moments in which we're able to stand when those big T traumas come. Yeah, that's the temptation, right? When we're going through those small pains to just be like, well, I can handle this. This is a small pruning, or maybe we're embarrassed by it. We're not going to take it to God because we're like, we can, I can handle this mm. on my own, right? And you're right. And that does build up. And um, I, I loved how pastor said, pain cries out to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how often do I let my pain just cry out mm-hmm. up to God and to speak and to have a to have a voice. Am I giving my pain a voice or am I, again, putting it under the rug? Cause it's a small prick. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. Like my parents did that, or I don't want to do this. Like, um, so-and-so did. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's a very interesting uh, thought. It's back to Genesis, right? In that, uh, the greatest deception is that we should do these things alone. Yes. That Eve needed to eat from the tree so she could handle it herself instead of being in relationship with a God who says, I will be there for you. I will handle this for you, with you, that you were not meant to live life alone. And so that's what prayer is, is this invitation for the long game, right? It's it's not just about today. It's about, do we have this relationship in which you have confidence that I will be there, but I will also do for you what you can't do for yourself. And can I lean into that and trust that? Right. And we talked about it a little bit uh, last week, just how a lot of times our expectation of life is ease. Mm-hmm. Like we think things should be easy. And when you talk about the concept of pruning, like there are, there's vegetation, there's trees, there's bushes that don't grow the right way unless they are pruned. Like mm-hmm. our life requires that we go through pain. We go through circumstances so that we grow through that. And that's what he's talking about here in this clip about you're crying out within in your pain so that God is the 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 ruler of your life. Like, mm-hmm. is he leading your life or are you trying to do it by yourself? Because I don't know about any of you, but all the times that I've tried to do things by myself in my faith walk, I am much less successful when I try to handle it myself mm-hmm. than when I surround myself with the fantastic people in my circle. Yeah. The thing that stuck out as, as you all were talking was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, you, you don't, a piece of straw is almost weightless, right? Uh, but enough of them stacked on top of yeah. a, of a, any yeah. animal that's carrying it, 
um, camel or burro or, or horse or anything, but it doesn't, it, it, it takes a lot, but at some point it, the weight will be too much to bear and the animal will collapse. And I, I think that our society is, is absolutely um, okay with just caring as much as they can because they think that that's what's, what's expected. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, we expect you to be a man. We expect you to have it all together. We expect you to be a mother that can also be a career woman that can also uh, have a large circle of friends. Like society has put a lot of weight on us, unnecessary weight on us. And we think that we have to do it by ourselves. So we have to, if we, if we talk about it or complain about it, then we, there's something wrong with us, mm. you know, in the community portion of, of being Jesus people. Um, it's like, I, like I say, when like tithing, it's one of those things that when I give away, I, I, I get more of, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, community is the same thing. The, the more I, the more I talk about my circumstances with another person and with God, uh, how deflated that circumstance becomes and how, the weight of that becomes much less. You know, when I, when I, when I ask a, when I ask a friend to carry some of this weight with me, it's all of a sudden very easy to walk. And yeah, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back and, and pastor said these things that were very traumatic, very large. Um, and I think that, like you said, Brian, that, you know, we, we will, we, we forget the small ones because they don't look as sexy. You know, they don't look, they're not as cool to have, you know, yeah. but it's these small ones that will ultimately break that camel's back. Oh, and there, there's a pressure to like live up to those labels he was talking about. So in a, in a moment of honesty, like for, for, for me, um, you know, the role of father and the, the, the role that you're supposed to play in your family. And we, we had a, a situation just like within the last couple of days where, you know, I was on my phone too much and, you know, my kids then were wanting to be on their stuff. And I, and I, I felt terrible. I'm like, why am I'm setting a terrible example for my, for my wife. I'm setting a terrible example for my kids. And, and I, I sent it, a text to my, my wife. I'm like, why am I so weak? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, why, why am I special in that? You know, but that's the, that's the way I felt like as the, as the father, as the leader of my family, like, you know, why am, why am I just so weak? And that's the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a the little piece of straw that, yeah compounded with all the other little pieces of straws that make up Brian's life. Yeah. That affected half my day. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's the power of naming that we haven't even gotten to. And that in that moment, there was a name that you accepted as mm-hmm. yours, weak, yeah. right? Which is a condemnation of the enemy who wants to distract you in your day and belittle you and to rob you of your dignity and of what God has created in you to thrive. And, and as pastor said, those names, there's, we have to really pay attention to the names that we have been given that were actually curses and name those things in our life. There's so much power to actually shedding light on things that have been holding us back and naming them just in the naming. There's so much freedom of, I know what this is. I know that this is of God and this is not. And having that clarity brings us then closer to that relationship and that leaning in prayer that we're talking about.
You ever have somebody who's in pain? A friend who's in pain? And or for, for, for whatever, whatever the length of their pain is, that's what y'all talk about. How you doing today? Well, you know, you, you ever get somebody that they live in their pain? Pain happened and somewhere along the line, they made a run to Cabela's. They got them a tent and a cot and a camp stove and they determined I'm going to live in, they're not going to walk through that pain. They're going to stop in that pain. And God doesn't want us to stop in our pain. He wants us to walk through our pain because every time we are trusted, come on somebody, every time we are trusted with pain, we are being given lessons. We are building muscles that we didn't know we had. You build different muscles in pain than you do in pleasure. How often do we proclaim joy over our pain? How often do we stop and think, I'm declaring right now that I still have joy even with this pain and that I will go through it because I'm building muscles right now that God's ordained for me. God has planned for me my whole life to go through this so that I can come out on the other side how much stronger. And so I think there's just some almost intangible joy that we need to hold on to in those moments. And um, the, the uh, story of the, the tent, I'm like, that, that speaks to me very clearly. Like I get that. And so um, that was convicting for me too, right? Like where, where did I put my tent? It may not look like where so-and-so put their tent or so-and-so put their tent, but where did I put my tent? And like really sitting back for a minute and, and thinking through the things that maybe I hold on to or I live in. Why do I live in that moment? Why, why when I'm feeling weak or when I'm feeling distracted, why do I go back to that moment? Why do I sit in it and like feel those feelings again, when I've been called to build the muscle, to get out of it, to have greater faith, to have greater joy, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I have, I appreciated, appreciate that. Yeah. It's when you're going through struggle, it's hard to see. You, you have to have hope and God is our hope. You know, he's, uh, he's the hope of the world. And, you know, my perspective changed when I started looking at situations that were happening and knowing that there is a, there's a reason for it. There's a purpose for it and trying to find that. And you know, whether it's finding joy, but it's, it's that saying, like, if you want God to laugh, tell him your plans. Mm. If I, if, if everything that I wanted to do and everything that I planned for was just the way every, it was supposed to go and it was just supposed to be okay. Would we grow the way that we need to grow? So, <clears throat> when there is pain, it's looking at that and saying, thank you, because I know <clears throat> that this is going to be used for something better in the future, whether it's somebody else, you know, it could be, you know, your child at some point in their adulthood is going to experience this and you're going to have that experience to be able to share with them, or it could be a friend or it could be a coworker, whatever the situation, we're, we're put in situations every single day in interactions with people that we're, if we look for them, and, and sometimes that's the hard part, like we we go through life and we don't even see the opportunities in front of us to have an impact on somebody yeah. because we're just in the zone. We're just, we're going, we're going through it and we don't even take the time to see like, wow, that person's, that person looks like they're struggling. Um, maybe I should ask them if I could pray for them. And they may open themselves up to sharing something with you that you have an experience with that you can, that you can share. That's so good. I, I ruptured my Achilles a few years ago 
And there's nothing like being in pain <laughs> and having an experience to help you to see others who are in that same place. Um, and it actually being an opportunity to be grateful in that um, I not only saw the people who also were walking around in casts and limping and now I notice every person who has a walking boot on and knowing the, <laughs> the difficulty of that and checking in with them like making a point because I knew how useful and helpful that was for me uh, in that process but also seeing those who um, their journey is longer right um, that I was in a boot for six weeks but the person who got diagnosed with cancer right alongside me is still in that battle yeah. and and the pain that's that's involved with that. And so I guess I, I don't want to belittle for anyone who's listening that pain is debilitating. Yeah. It is. So if you have pitched your tent, there is no shame because maybe you needed to sit down for a second and take a breath. But the point is, what am I going to do with that? And that's what God has given us, um, the strength and the ability to do. It's where he comes to insert himself. He didn't do this to you, but he sure as heck is going to be right next to you to get you out of there. And that's what we have to remember because often our prayers are like, God, why did you let this happen? Um, and really it has to be, God, where are you in this? Because I know you're here. And if I'm having trouble seeing you today, help me to see better. Um, and not just for me, right? For those around me who might need some encouragement. Yeah. I, I started uh, learning Spanish uh, a little over a year ago. Every, every year I like to kind of take a, take something new on, um, to just better me as a, as a student of life. Um, so 2021 in January, I started learning Spanish. Um, and I, my, my, I don't know why, why I wanted to, like I, I'm Mexican. So the fact that I wasn't fluid in it was like, well, like a life goal. But I think about my spirituality, like my learning Spanish. Um, I'm learning how to become fluent in a language. So one day I can be dropped in a land and I know I, I can communicate with the people that are native in that land. My spirituality is, is as such that, um, when things happen to me, when, uh, when terrible things happen, when average things happen, when bad or poor things, and even when good things, um, I realize I'm learning a language at that point. Uh, I have since turned my life um, in my adulthood to discipling men and being a pastor. And all of my life experiences that led me up to that moment were helping me become fluent in a language mm -hmm. so I could be dropped into a land and I could communicate with people. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when, when especially early on in, in my Jesus journey, that when I didn't have answers right away or when I thought I was being smited, I was wronged. The world owed me something. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't ask why I just accepted it and then got angry with it, got fearful with it, got remorseful, got resentful towards it. And a lot of times now in my cir circumstances, I, I ask myself, why, why right now? Why is it happening to me? Why? I think it's interesting you bring up language. I studied abroad back in college and I had never studied French in my whole life, but I always had this dream of 
going to France. Okay. And so I got to college and I was like, I'm going to France. I am. And my parents were like, are you though? And I was like, yes, I am. (laughs) You know, when you're like 19, no one can tell you nothing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started taking French at college and I got through like three or four classes and it was super difficult. Um, but I felt ready, you know? So I, I went abroad and went to France and I quickly realized I spoke no French. Like I knew nothing. I knew how to say like, good morning. Yeah. Like, where's the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. Like very basic stuff. Um, and people keep kept telling me, they're like, I know it's, it's really hard, but you just have to speak. You just have to do it. You just have to use your little embarrassing words that you're, you know, you don't have the accent quite right. I sounded like a Wisconsin American <laughs> living in like a bougie <laughs> French town. It was, it was weird, eh? right? Eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I probably sounded more French Canadian than anything, right? Um, and they just kept telling me, you need to speak. You need to speak. The best way to learn a language is to be fully immersed in it. Don't go home and talk English. Don't listen to the TV. Like just listen to French, be mm-hmm. in French all day long. And so um, I think that's interesting, right? Like, are we letting ourselves be fully immersed in it? Because I'll tell you what, I really didn't want to be because it was really, really hard. And at times it was even um, like confusing, you know? I love um, the beginning of that though. I think when we try to learn a language, we're, we're focused on what we say and how yeah. we say it and how much we know. And yet- um, the way I learned Spanish, Keith, because I had to learn it on my own as well. And yes, I'm a Latina. Um, was by listening. And so I watched all the soap operas with all like the closed <laughs> caption because it, it didn't matter how much I could say. But if I couldn't listen and understand and decipher and make sense of what a native was saying to me, um, it didn't matter how many classes yep. I took. I wasn't going anywhere. And so the the art of listening in prayer to what is your kingdom, God? What is your will here? Why am I here? What are you going to do with this that I can see or hear, understand better um, in this process? Oh, by the way, to, right now is the, the time of the podcast where uh, Becky and Keith do the remaining remainder of the podcast in Spanish <laughs> yeah. and Meg and I do the remainder in French. I can, oh, I can absolutely... What, 15 months into it? I can absolutely converse with a five-year-old flawlessly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'm susceptible to to wallowing and like mm-hmm. staying in the pain because it, it's like you want, you haven't, you, you feel like you have a need for something. And so you just stay, you just stay there, mm. you know, hoping that somebody like reaches out and people mm. aren't always going to reach out and help, help you out. You have mm. to, you have to make the conscious choice to do it yourself. And for me, the most helpful piece of advice I've ever gotten in bouncing back from from something, whether it's I'm angry or if maybe I feel like I need encouragement or I need love or I need whatever, is to give it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whatever that need is that you have, give that same need to somebody else. And I think, and I don't, I don't know about any, any of you, but the times that I've helped somebody else out, it's actually helped me out. Yes, It's always helped me out. I, I have it's kind of hard to go out and show gratitude and to show, you know, give praise or whatever and not feel good about that. Right. It's and, like throwing a boomerang, right? Like you throw it away and you think it's gone, <laughs> but really it just comes mm-hmm. right back at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like, like tithing community is the more I give it away, the more I get in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I can't keep what I have, this peace that I have, this, this spirit that flows through me. 
I can't keep it unless I give it away. And when I give it away, it multiplies. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it's, it's mathematics that don't make sense in the real world, but make yeah. complete sense in Christ's world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so in the pain portion of this sermon, which I think is pretty much the overall arc or the synopsis of the story is, is, is pain. Um, we can, we have a couple, a couple choices. Do we just take the pain for what it's worth or do we maybe grow from it? I pray, uh, I pray kingdom come prayers, like, like pastor said, but what am I going, what, what, what do I need to learn from this? What do you want me to see? Because when I see, when I learn, when I feel, um, then I can be dropped into a foreign land and know the language. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't expect to know how to do brain surgery if I had not gone to school and learned how to do brain surgery. My circumstances, my, my pains in my life, they were me going to school. So at one day I could be dropped into a foreign land and know how to speak the language. So when you're in pain, you pray, God, deliver me. God, help me. God, heal me. Or, or you say things like this, God, I thought you would never leave me or forsake me. God, I thought that you would supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. I thought that you were a friend. This sticks closer than a brother. But, but, but Jabez, he didn't, he didn't do that. And instead, Jabez prayed four things. He prayed, God, that you would bless me indeed, that you would enlarge my territory, that you would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil so I don't cause pain. Isn't that interesting that pain prayed that he wouldn't reproduce himself? Some of you need to start praying that you would stop reproducing yourself. You got issues and you've got hangups and you've got holdups and you've got habits and you've got things in your life that you have passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation and you find yourself in a bar with a bunch of bums on a Saturday night because your dad found himself in a bar with a bunch of bums on a Saturday night and you found yourself your whole life saying, I don't wanna be like my dad. And one day you woke up and you looked like your dad and you smelled like your dad because his koozie covered his Bud Light, but it wasn't with the prayer of Jabez. It was with the pain and the problems of his own life that he inherited from his father who inherited from his father. But I refuse to carry the sins of the past generations of my family because I will walk through my pain rather than pitch my tent in my pain. Pastor's preaching. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, back to the naming of this is who we are. This is how my family is. This is how we deal with things mm -hmm. that we repeat and say over ourselves. And we're going to follow in the direction that we point ourselves in. And so the fact that Jabez he could take his name as, I'm going to cause pain. I am in pain. This is my lot. This is my life. This is what people cause, call me. People turn away from me because they know my story. They know my history. They know my family. Or he could, because the scripture starts by saying that he was the most honorable of his brothers. In other words, I'm going to be just like my father in heaven who is present when there is pain to bring light to a situation, to bring hope to a situation, to show 
everyone else who's following right behind me, my children and their children, that it was at this point that the direction of our family changed because we prayed a bold prayer over our life and we began to call ourselves what God calls us, what he has named us, and we started following that direction and it made all the difference. And I love those stories. Um, In Journey, we do um, timelines where we look at the history of our life and uh, and we'll do a genogram where we look at how the trajectory of our family has gone. And I love uh, those genograms where you see like this sharp turn where someone, it was like up until here, here was all the themes and the patterns and the traumas and the repetition. And then this person here changed everything after that. Like, why does it look so significantly different than what was all before? And it was because that person leaned into God and what God said about, they learned what the kingdom said about their story and their genealogy, and they followed that instead. Yeah, I I love the concept of, you know, being a generation changer for your family. And, you know, as an educator, that's, that's like my heartbeat because when you see little kids, they, they have the entire world in front of them. Education is like their opportunity to get out of whatever situation that they're in. That's their, their, all their hopes and dreams. It's all available for them. That's why I love that. But being a generation changer for your family is huge because you don't have to follow in that same pattern. Right. And God always gives us a way out. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter if we want to answer that, that call or not, because it's, it's always there. It's always there. Even the times when I've ignored it, I knew it was there. I, I, you know, that little thing in your head, like you can do this and I, I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I like that. He, he said that he, his prayer was that he didn't cause pain. Yeah. And, you know, we should ask God, not just to, to guard, it, it, it could be th- thoughts. It could be our actions. And that's why it's so important. It's uh, that the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. And that's, you know, in Ephesians 6, you know, 13 through 17. And specifically, you know, talking about um, the shield of faith. And it's talking to stop the devil's attempts to throw arrows at us. And it's all the, the little ones, you know, it's, it's, it is, yes, lust, but it's also despair. Mm-hmm. It's also doubt, temptation, all those things. And we put on the armor of God so that, we don't cause somebody else pain. Um, so really, it's it's the answer is is God really the leader of our life? And if and if we can't go to Him in those times, um, is He really is He really leading our life? So are are we going to answer that call? Are we going to when He gives us that way out? Are we going to take that path? Are we going to put on the armor of God so that we're you know blocking ourselves from some of those things that are going to happen? Because it's inevitable that the, because there is a very real enemy that's going to be taking pot shots at us. And especially if you're, if you're listening and you are a leader, um, especially a leader in your faith, the things, the higher, the level, the higher, the devil, mm. the higher, the higher you get, that's good. the higher you get, the more impact you're going to make. Because when you, when you're like a train wreck in your life, here, this do anything, you're doing it yourself. But when you are, when you're somebody, especially if you're taking your walk, be aware that you're going to get attacked big time mm. because hold on here. You're somebody that was just a train wreck and I didn't have to do anything. And now, now you're going to turn the corner and start, start bringing people to Jesus or showing people, you know, the love of Jesus. Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to throw this in your path and see how you bounce back. Oh, you think you're, you think you're getting off. You're, you're on fire for the Lord. Let's see how on fire for the Lord you are. 
And, you know, especially as a leader of a church, a leader of, you know, family, whatever it is, leader of a women's group, um, that, that enemy is going to try to take you out because he knows what you're doing. Yeah. And we wonder why, why is it so hard to be the person that I want to be? Why can't I break the curse mm-hmm. that I want to break? And I think a lot of people have curses that they want to break. They're aware of it. They know about it. They really want to step out of it. But why is it so hard? Like, why does it, why does it grab at us? Um, and again, I think you're right, Brian. Like we, we come to expect some things to be easy and they're not. But sometimes, uh, I'm trying to think of the physics principle. Brian, you might have to help me out. It's like the, it's <laughs> the, you're in education. the law. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you're in education. You should know. It's the law of, I want to say Newton, where it's like there's an equal, the, the force is equal on both sides, right? Yeah. And so if you're- For every action, there's an op- Equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Told you. I don't know what the law <laughs> is, but I can You know it. Uh, and so we're up against what we're feeling like is this insurmountable, like it's just, it's huge, right? Like we can't, we can't push past it. Um, but are we thinking about why, why is that? Like, why do you think you're up against so much mm-hmm. resistance? Why do you think it is so hard to go to uh, that ladies group or to reach out to that friend that you has been on your heart for weeks that you know you need to talk to? Like, why is it so hard to do those things sometimes? And, um, you know, I think we give in and concede because sometimes where we're at, it feels like a security blanket. Well, I'm always mad because uh, my dad was always mad and this feels comfortable. Like this smells like dad, like this is his sweatshirt, right? Like I've, I'm used to this. I know this. Um, and so I'm okay to like live in this because again, I it's sometimes it's just too hard to take that off when it feels sometimes comfortable. Sometimes it's too risky, right? I know how to operate in this environment. Like you said, um, I know the language. I know the rea- I know how to move and dance in, in this, like, um, this game, really, that it becomes. And can I defend? Can I protect myself? Um, and it's a big leap of faith to go, but what if I try it this way? And, and the risk and the vulnerability that there is in that, but also, like you said, just, you know, as you talk, of course, I'm thinking of neuroscience and I wanted to be like, well, this neuroscientifically, <laughs> uh, Megan, is why it's so difficult. And yet it really is just a matter of um, working out that muscle. And I, I use illustration often, you know, are you taking the slide or are you taking the stairs? Um, in our first building, we had a slide down to the kids area and there were stairs and it was easier to take the slide. I know it, it's faster. I can get there without thinking about it. It is subconscious and unconscious, but to take the stairs and to try something different takes a little more effort. It takes pausing. It takes thinking it through. It takes a plan because I don't know where these stairs go to. How do I actually exercise that? And my muscles have atrophied because I've just been riding the slide for a while and now I need to actually do, and you get sore. Have you ever tried to do squats when you haven't for like two years and and you can't even walk the next day, right? So it's not comfortable. And yet as you do that, the stairs become the new slide. It becomes the level uh, playing field. And that slide that you used to go down before actually dissipates. And it's not an option like it used to be for you, that it was such a reaction versus a response to what I am facing. Systems, not goals. Yeah, the, this this soundbite stuck out to me. Um, I, I, am, I am in the midst of breaking a generational curse in my family, 
Um, my family's known for addicts and alcoholics. Uh, through Christ, I've been sober now for a, a good minute. Um, I know that when I started this journey with Christ, that I don't know, I doubted myself. I doubted if I was worthy enough to have a better life. You know, this soundbite where he says, you know, would you find yourself on a Saturday night in a bar with, and he quote says, with bums. You know, if, if, if that, if that is you or you can use that analogy, maybe it's not a bar on a Saturday night, maybe it's somewhere else with someone else, but are they still bums? Um, life, life isn't easy. There's nothing about it that is guaranteed that it's going to be easy. In fact, God virtually promises you that you'll have opposition every turn. I, I don't know where amongst our humanity we thought that this was heaven, but it's not. The world isn't heaven. The world is, it's trials, it's tribulations, it's tests, it's pain. It's, and then inside of it too, there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of beautiful humanity. We, we live in an area that's known for being, being drinkers, being drunkards, our whole state. Um, I think it, when, when pastor says a line like that, it, it can roll off our, 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 our minds and our psyche because either we're not in that area or this is just normal in Green Bay. This is just normal in Wisconsin but nothing's really normal about that type of lifestyle. There's more to this life. There's more, there's just more. We, we can do more. The enemy has spoken bad words into your head. You have spoken bad words into your head. It doesn't have to be like that. The world doesn't have to be like that. So that it really stood out to me because I, I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence now that left, left with Christ alone, I, I will die sober. You know, if, if I stay this course, I will have broken the generational curse that went back years and generate generations. And, and I can pass it on to my children and my children's children. Mm -hmm. But like how you're saying, like when you do that, when you do that long family tree mm -hmm. and you, you, you look down, I'm like, what happened there? All of a sudden it changed. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it changed. And, and it's not impossible. It, it, it looks impossible to get out of the forest while you're in the forest. But if you just one foot after another, just keep going one direction, one foot after another, it's not impossible. And you, as a listener, you're, you're worthy. You can, you can have a better life. You can get through this. In my experience, the only way I got through all of my troubles is with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in terms of like, 
you know, limiting beliefs about yourself. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a, I'm trying to remember what I came across. It's on YouTube or something, but it, there was a research project done and they were, they put a fleas in a jar. So they put all these fleas in a jar and if you just leave the cap off, you know, the, the fleas jump out. But what they did was they put a, the cap on the jar and they left it. And I can't remember how, how long they left it for, but they left it for a period of time. And then they took the top off the jar and the fleas would not jump out because all they knew was that for that period of time, like they could, they couldn't, they couldn't get out. They could only hit where the, the cap is. And even when they had the ability to later, they still stayed in their comfort zone and not jumping on. I, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's so, it's so easy because one is what you know, there's no, you're, there's the, the comfort, like you said, Becky, there's this, that sense of comfort in, um, and that sense of helplessness and powerlessness that right. I have tried to escape this before, but I just right. didn't know the path. And when I did, it was, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt to yep. hit that cap. Yep. And I tried. And so I, I just stopped trying. And how many of us are sitting in that space of, even when we're challenged or invited into, you know, as Keith is talking, like, I'm sure it felt like I want to believe that. But my experience has told me that's not true. Right. Um, and yet, can we still hold the hope uh, can we, when someone reaches out and says, this is the way, go that way and, and hope again that this is the time that I'm actually going to find an open door, an open way. This is the way to go for me to see a change in my life um, that makes it all worth it. And so Payne prayed that he would not <laughs> reproduce himself because Jabez understood the way that I'm going to get free of my pain isn't even for God to deal with my pain. Hmm. Instead, Jabez shows us that there's a, a different prayer for us to pray in the midst of, in the middle of our pain. And notice what happens when he prays this different prayer. The Bible says, and God granted his request. I wonder... I wonder if he would have prayed the opposite, if God also would have granted him his request. I wonder if he would have muddled in his puddle, if God would have just let him stay wet, if God would have just let him stay muddy. And some of you are so busy muddling in your puddle that you don't even realize that it's not even raining anymore. You're wet on stuff that happened yesterday. You're muddy on stuff that happened yesterday. And yeah, it was fun when you had your boots on and when you put your Paddington bear coat on and you went outside and you jumped up and down and you got wet. But at some point you got to get out and dry off. And so he prayed and God granted his request. Could it be that thousands of years before the Lord's prayer was ever even prayed, Jabez was praying a kingdom come prayer? Um, wow. <laughs> Pastor was <laughs> preaching this message. I mean, uh, what's the raincoat for us? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Again, where have you, where have you stopped? Um, and where are you allowing yourself to ask questions that you shouldn't be asking questions? Um, I think I think it can be really hard to pray a kingdom come prayer. I think um, because first we have to have the faith that that's true. Um, and so almost before you have to get there, you have to take an inventory in yourself. Do I believe these things that I'm saying? Can I do I have the authority to pray for these things? The answer is yes. 
Um, something that stood out to me was the praying for blessing, that it isn't necessarily to earn the blessing, right? Like you're not, it's not by might, but it's a gift. Like God's giving you the gift of blessing, not so that you can have more, but so that you can give more. Um, and so in our pain, we forget God is a giver. Ooh, that's good, right? Like we're hurting, we're suffering, we're we're closed off. And so we forget there's more for us. There's there's a garden yet to come. Um, and so we're living in that in that middle of this hurts and I, I just want to stay right here. I don't want to move because I'm scared if I move, it's going to hurt again, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like when he, when he says, you know, you're so okay in what's going on that you don't even, <clears throat> you don't even realize that it's not raining still. And, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. So when you're going through a struggle, when you're going through whatever it is, there's something on the other side and it just depends on, excuse me, when, when you want to see what that other thing is. And it, this always brings me back. Cause I said, I'm susceptible to, to wallowing sometimes. And it always brings me back to the, the story in, um, in John five, or the, the man at the pool of Bethesda and the, the, the cripple. And he's, he's sitting there and, you know, this is a place that people gathered that, that needed something. They go into the pool and they would be you know, healed. And uh, God asked this guy, like, do you want to get well? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of an absurd question on its, on its face. Cause it's like looking at a wheelchair, like, Hey, do you want to get better? Like, mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing? Like type of type of thing. Um, but the guy comes back and he makes, you know, excuses. And he says, you know, I can't, nobody will pick me up and bring me into the pool. And Jesus says, you know, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Mm-hmm. And he, and he gets up and then later he comes back and he says, no, you know, sin no more, you know, or something worse may happen to you. And it's like, you know, if you sit there and you just wallow in whatever you're doing, it's not going to get better. Like you have to make the conscious choice. And so I have to ask me like, <clears throat> you know, I've been a life group leader before and you, you have people that come back to life group and the same, you know, week after week after, and there's, it's still the same issue. And I, you know, I've been, I've been a life group leader for, um, year long life group. Like, so, so you take some breaks, but you have people that have been to your life for two years and there's, there's like, Oh, I'm struggling. I'm still struggling with this. And yes, we do struggle with things, but it, you know, it shouldn't be peaks and valleys anymore. You know, we should, it shouldn't be the low shouldn't be as low and the high shouldn't be as high. Um, but sometimes you're like, do you want, do you want to get well? Because it, it seems like we're not doing anything to actually change the course of what's happening in our life or the way that we're dealing with it in our life. And, you know, life is a marathon, not a sprint. And we're, we're always going to have things that we, that we struggle with, but if it's to the same extent, if it's the same issue and we're, we're not actually taking the necessary steps to, to rectify where we're at, the question becomes, well, do you really want to get well? Because you can't keep going to the same place and expect things, you know, that's de- definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, you keep going to the same place. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or you keep, you keep hanging around the same people. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like I, I only see you at church once a month. Let's talk about that. Are you in a life group? Let's talk about that. Because do you want to get well? Because if you want to get well, then you're going to, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's a porn addiction. Okay. Do you need to get rid of your phone? Do you need to have something like covenant eyes on your phone? If, is it, is it, you know, um, laziness? Do you need, do you need a, a, a coach? Do you need an accountability partner? What is it? 
Because if you don't do any of those things, you're not going to get well. And, and Jesus says, you know, pick up your mat and go. There's a, there's a solution. I'll give it to you. But now stop doing what you're doing because it's going to get worse for you. And, and to me, that's always like, hey, you can just sit there and keep doing what you're doing, but it's not going to get better. And it's more likely to get way worse. Yeah. Are you living in the problem? Or are you living in the solution? And if you're living in the problem, um, you can at any point in time hit the on off ramp. You know, you can live in the solution. And I know some some people might be discouraged that, well, I mean, I wanted to live in the solution, but I still think about these things. Well, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect at at living in the solution. I've I've been living in the solution for almost twenty years, and man, I'm not. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting better. I'm getting a little bit better today than I was yesterday, which I was two days ago, a little bit better than I was three days ago. And it's compounding into being my standards of living have risen. The standards of my Christianity has, has risen. I've become a better person in all facets of my life just because I'm just doing progress here. Little progress. I don't have to be perfect at it. In fact, I'm never going to be perfect at it. I will be, if I'm fortunate enough, be on my deathbed, and I'll still say, "What well, I can, I can, I can do better. I can do better." And it's that drive, that little bit of drive that I don't have to live in this circumstance. I don't have to only think this way. I don't have to feel like the world is smiting me or wronging me. I can live in a solution. What do I need to learn from the circumstance I'm in right now? What do I have to learn so I can take that knowledge, take that language, and be dropped in a land and speak the native tongue to the people that need Christ? What can I do? What can I do? What, not what have I done to get me here, but what can I do to get me out of here? And I don't, I'm not by myself at all throughout any of this. You know, it's, it's daunting and, and near impossible if I'm asked of my own accord to get me out. But I can't, God can, so I'm going to let him. I tell myself that so many times throughout the day. I can't, he can, so I got to let him. Sometimes it's I can't. Sometimes it's he can, he can, he can, he can. That hard one, that third one, you know, it's not the first one I say, it's the third one. So I'm going to let him. So I'm going to let him. So I'm going to let him. I can't, he can, so I'm going to let him. It's so audacious to pray in the midst of pain that you would enlarge my territory when our inclination is to hide in our pain, to isolate ourselves, to to feel ashamed that we are in this condition or in this predicament or battling these battles still today, right? And you can hear in in the verbiage that we use against ourselves um, that we're really placing blame on ourselves and condemning ourselves for it. And yet to pray that prayer in the midst of um is so bold. I love it. It's like, I'm going to go into the battlefield where other people are in the same condition. And not only am I going to get out, I'm going to take everyone with me. And isn't that exactly what Jesus did? Like he went into the depths. He went into death itself. He went into powerlessness and betrayal. He went into rejection and, and he he faced it head on and said, and now I'm going to pray that God, you would bless me. And not that it wasn't hard because he said as well, but if you can take this from me, please do. And I think we all have those moments. And yet, instead of focusing on the pain, it's bless me in this, God. Like, 
make it useful, make it worth it. Like make the, all these things that I've gone through, not things that I tuck away and hide, but make them something that gives other people hope to say, I will too. And so I just love that Jesus flips the tables in everything. And the exact moment where we think everything is lost is a resurrection moment. Like he just flips it over. And I think maybe if you're feeling like you're in the doldrums, if you're in this um, unhealthy cycle that you just can't get off the wheel of, then it might take one of those moments. Uh, I'm a self-proclaimed lover of any gladiator, any like any fight movie. And I just love that moment when someone makes that decision, right? They're, They're in the trenches, they're covered in mud, they're bloody up, they're beat up, their numbers are down, and someone stands up and gives out that cry of, we are going to do this, and that's all it takes. I feel like that's that prayer of Jabez, right? Like we're in the trenches, it it seems hopeless, but we are going to do this because I know who God is, he has promised us this, and we just have to be faithful to walk toward it and to keep going until we see the break of light. Well, and and Jabez asked, right? He, He prayed, he didn't just expect something to happen. And to kind of go back to the, the camping theme a little bit and setting up your tent or whatever. Um, and by the way, if, if we're getting into spring now mm. and it's going to be camping season. So mm. uh, if you haven't seen the Jim Gaffigan <laughs> clip on camping, you need to go to YouTube immediately <laughs> following this and type in Jim Gaffigan camping. And yes. <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, so if, when, we're, when we're camping, you have a campfire going, right? And if you, if you leave it going, you don't ever do anything. Eventually your fire is going to go out. And whose responsibility is it to keep your fire going? Do, do you look to the next campsite and be like, hey, buddy, bring over some bring over some wood. Like my fire's going out. And expect somebody else just to come yeah. and save the day and, and bring bring you wood to keep your fire going. No, you have yeah. to you have to do it yourself and you have to make the conscious choice like to, hey, I gotta get out of my chair, I gotta go soak the fire, I gotta do whatever. And if you don't, the fire is gonna go out. So you, you know, you have to make the conscious choice to invite God in so he can take care of it because we can't carry the load ourselves. He's, he's the, the leader of our life. He is, he is, you know, the one and only, and he's put him in control and things are going to go a lot better for you. Yeah. If you're try if you're, if you're being tested and you're, you're going through trials right now, you're going through pain right now. Um, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? And what are you going to do with it? If you keep it bottled up and it slowly hacks away at you like an axe at a very large tree, eventually that axe will take the tree down. If you're letting these pains do that, then what was the point? What was the purpose? That can quickly spiral and what's the point and purpose of life? Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, if you aren't actively doing something from this trial to use it to the benefit of mankind, what was it for then? Is the world, is it, are we just spinning around a sun over and over with pain, with no hope, full of desperation? And our lot is to just continuously have pain after pain after week after week. Is that really the point of life? Is that what the point of all this is? And some people might say, yeah. And that's sad. I don't think that's life. If that's life, then then you've got to start questioning if there's even a God. Yeah. And when you get down that rabbit hole and how the world, the world's on fire and not in a good way, the world is, the world is burning. 
if, if all of it's for nothing, then what's the point? But I like to believe because there's, there's that little thing I have, I just faith that there's a point and a purpose. I play a role in this. Yeah. I'm a cog in this wheel. And some people say, well, you're just cog in the wheel. I'm a cog in a very important wheel. Yeah. And I need to do what, I, what, what God needs me to do because I carry a purpose. And I'm not special. My story isn't unique. There's no, there's no vocabulary word to define my past that I had to make up. All of these are words that exist. But I'm not letting my, my trials and tribulations, I'm not letting them define me, but I am letting them fuel what I can do with them. You know, if your past is your past, your past is, it is what it is. You know, look back on your past, but don't stare. Don't stare. Take a peek every now and again. Remember it. Because you, 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 you've been through learning a language so now you're going to go speak that language to somebody that's also going through that circumstance. That's the design. You as a Jesus person, that is your design. Your design is to recognize your trials, recognize your problems, correct your problems through Christ, and then go tell everyone you can about it. Tell as many people as you can about it. This world's on fire. Get inside that house. Get someone out of that house. Get them out of that fire. That's your, that's your job and your responsibility. I promise you, if you take that job and responsibility, even a little bit serious, your problems will start dissipating. Yeah. And not that they go away, but they just stop affecting you the way they did. And so all of a sudden now life turns into, well, yeah, I have problems, but they're not actually not really problems anymore because I'm with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and with him, anything's possible. You, you get this thing called peace. You get this thing called sanity. And if you want this thing called sanity, you have to first admit that you're insane. And without, without Christ, my life was insane. My thinking was insane. Everything about, every, everything about the world was insane. But when I admitted, yes, without you, God, I am really and truly insane. That's when that, it snapped. And God said, well, now you're ready to be taught. Now you are ready. And if, you're going through trials and I, th- I just feel like everyone kind of is right now. Remember that it's, it's not for nothing. It is not for nothing. There's a point and a reason why you in particular were called for this. You in particular were called to go through this. And I don't know what that is for you as a listener. I don't know what exactly that is, but I promise you it's not just by accident. It's not just by happenstance. You just didn't pull the short straw. It wasn't a coin toss. You are going through this for a very specific reason. Ask the question, why? Ask the question, why? Get closer to that answer of why, and then take what you learned, get dropped into a land, and go make more. Thanks for joining us for, uh, for this episode, Chew on That. If you enjoyed this episode and think someone you Uh, know may benefit from the topics we discussed. Hey, please share the link to this podcast and your social media platforms. And we'd also love it if you would uh, rate and review this podcast so that really just more and more people would be exposed to the life-giving message of Jesus. Um, Our guests, thank you. Brian Walters have been been our guest for two weeks now. It was great. Thank you for taking the time out of your 
No incredibly problem. busy schedule. No problem. Jim Gaffigan camping. I'm telling you. All right. All right. I, I didn't know <laughs> if I, I didn't know if I was going to do this else. when you said it, but I will put the link in the show notes. <laughs> oh <my> okay. <laughs> and and our other guest, Pastor Becky, she is our Journey to Wholeness pastor at Life Church. She also hosts uh, the whole podcast. Tell tell us a little bit about that. The whole podcast is just real stories, real practical tools, and real biblical foundations to help you face everyday challenges. And so we invite you to come and listen in. Love it. Well, tell me, like, so tell me about, like, how often does it air? Uh, it is a bi-weekly podcast. So every Thursday we drop a new Thursday. episode. And right now we just started a new series on relationships and really what it means to make vows in your relationship, specifically marriage. And so we're going through those vows week by week, talking about what they, what you really vow to or when you said them and how that plays out in your everyday life. Including I've, like, till death do us part. Yeah. Yeah, like that's I'm the one where everyone's like, but one. what does this really mean? <laughs> does it really mean death? <laughs> I feel like we got to date this now because if someone's listening to they're like, well, wh- what? so what's the today's date? What's- <laughs> so we are in March. And so we just March started of 2020. that of 2022. 2022. <laughs> 2022. Oh my gosh. Oh well, my gosh. That's a whole nother episode. I don't uh, want to go back. I don't uh, want to go back. Uh, uh, <laughs> Look, Mar- don't stare. <laughs> March of 2022. So if you're listening to this, be like, well, where, what episode are you talking about? We're yes. March of 2022. So uh, thank you for both, for both of you for being a guest. Megan, thank you for always being here. And, you're welcome. Uh, and next week, Pastor Dallas will return with more uh, jokes and antics and antics. So, (laughs) Hey, thank you for listening. We can't wait to speak with you guys and talk with you guys again next week.